we live on a very loving, supportive planet. All of these elements of nature, they really are here to heal, inspire, empower, and guide and support us. Namaste and welcome. I'm Vettina Blumenthal, and you're listening to the Soul Compass Podcast. I'm here to help you find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. Take this moment and focus on yourself. For your mental health, your ability to find ease in your everyday life, and your emotional well-being. It is so important that you nourish yourself not only physically, but also emotionally and mentally. Here at Soul Compass, you'll learn practical tips from experts who will leave you with a sharper focus and a renewed commitment to yourself. Today, I'm here with a guest that goes by Rockstar Shaman. She is an internationally renowned television host, speaker, and spiritual teacher. She was named a top meditation by Oprah Magazine. And one of the reasons practical magic is the new frontier of mindfulness by Forbes. I had the pleasure of meeting her in 2017 in the jungles of Nicaragua, where I embarked on a spirit animal journey with her. And today, I'm so excited to learn more about her wild self-discovery journey. I'm delighted to welcome the lovely Allison Charles. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. And I was listening with my eyes closed when I forgot what a soothing, delicious voice you have. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. First, I'm excited that you'll be guiding us today through a heart intelligence meditation. As you already know, I'm completely fascinated by you. We spent those lovely five days in Nicaragua together on Wanderwell Retreat. And I got to know a little bit about your journey and I left even more curious. And and you know me, I love to keep it real. I love to keep it authentic. So we're just going to dive right into this. (laughs) Yeah, let's deep dive. Let's get down there. So I love learning about transformational experiences. That's one of the reasons why I do what I do. And I'm sure you get this question a lot. How did you get from being a national champion athlete, a number one rated radio host, a national daytime television talk show host to becoming a rock star shaman? I know it takes years to evolve and you're evolving every day, but can you pinpoint the moment that that awareness of transformation started? Well, the pin pin, like if we go inside of the pinpoint and the pinpoint inside the pinpoint, that moment was the day that I had my divine intervention and my spiritual awakening. So like that was that moment. But there was another significant moment that surfaced when you're asking that question. And that was at the end of my running career. I had been running on scholarship for the University of Alabama. I had started running at age two and a half, like I was for real in a road race at that age and there's picture proof. And so from two and a half all the way through 20, whatever age I was when I graduated college, I'd already been running for 20 plus years at that point. So my body was starting to break down and that was the first moment where And I wouldn't change a thing, but that identity was really placed upon me. My dad was my coach. So at two and a half, like I was told this is what I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. And as my body's breaking down and I'm feeling all these things, and then I start to question like, wow, if my body can't 
run anymore, then who am I? What do I want to do? What do I really like to do? Did I really even love doing that running the whole time? Or did I just do it because I was supposed to do it? You know, all these kind of like identity, ego crisis, ego breakdown questions started to happen at the end of college. That was the first kind of crackling, shattering, and then the main ego blast veil lift was when I was in Brooklyn on my divine intervention day. Can you explain more about what that divine intervention day looked like? Again, whittling another main facet of uh, this pre-awakening journey down, like I was in a very long-term relationship with my ex-fiance at that point. And he was also an athlete at Alabama. So our journey karmically began when we were both very young and it spanned over 16 years. So you fast forward to this day in Brooklyn where at this point in this journey, he and I had been you know, living together, not living together, living together, not living together, engaged, unengaged, like all of these cycles, cycles, cycles. And there was growing suffering, growing pain body, growing dependency, all these things that were happening that neither of us were consciously looking at at that point. So on this day, we were going to venture back out publicly as a couple yet again, you know, universe just really wasn't having it. It's truly one of those stories of, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And we had done enough cycles of that. It required a divine intervention. So as I was going to go out to the living room and tell him we can leave in about five minutes, I, he was asleep and I didn't want to disturb him. And so as I was walking through my kitchen, back through my bedroom, that's when they turned and by they source God universe turned my first gift officially on and it was my right ear I became clairaudient and I heard a voice clear as day say stop and turn around and I did that and my eyes just like a laser beam landed on his cell phone on my bookcase in my bedroom and right then I knew there were a lot of things activating in this time. You know, number one, I'm hearing voices in my right ear. Number two, it's all happening really fast. Number three, I know something's off because he never went anywhere without his phone. Number four, I can feel these energies. Like I can feel this, this system with me. And that system walked with me over to the phone. I didn't know his code, like automatic spirit writing, popped four you know, numbers in, it, oh, his phone popped open. And this is all just like flowing and happening quickly. And when the phone popped open, this is really, you know, in shamanism, we talk a lot about shadow work and shamanic rites of passages and egoic deaths. There's different forms of death and rebirth and, uh, for shamans. And this was truly the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek back cave moment for me because that phone was that back cave. And it held within it my personal greatest terrors and fears, which were betrayal. And there was such graphic, graphic proof and so much graphic proof of the betrayal in the phone as I'm being guided and, and popping around to different text messages and apps and just being so blasted with this graphic evidence literally right in my face. At that point, because this was a divine intervention awakening moment, my egoic shell blasted completely off. I could feel it like energetically, just this blast around me. And then just like if you were to yank up like some blinds on a window and they go up really fast, that's how it felt with the veil that had been covering my third eye. It just like zipped up and, and opened up my third eye. 
And it was literally one of those stories of a spiritual awakening where like in a one moment in time, you become a changed, transformed person. And the energy was so big that it woke him up because I was not making any noises. I was grounded and calmed by these angels and all my helpers. So there was no sound involved. It was the energy that woke him up. And long story short, you know, asked him to leave. And of course, I asked him questions like, how could you and things like that. But there I was calm. I was never I was not yelling. I wasn't throwing things. I just was so held by divine support. And, you know, I'll end on this note by just saying that once I asked him to leave, everything that I knew, everything that I thought was real and true had all exploded. Who I thought I was, who I thought he was, who I thought a relationship was, what I thought earth life was. And so I then was having a breakdown and decided to travel to where I grew up in Indiana to spend time with my mom and grandma. And that's where my additional gifts began to get activated. That's where I had my surrender moment. And that's when I embarked upon this whole new earth life walk on the awakening path. Wow. Had you been working with guides and spirit at all before this moment? Not completely on a conscious level. The best way I can describe it is, you know, when I incarnated with this soul contract and this earth mission for me to be a public figure mystic and shamanic practitioner, like I remember I have like flash memories of as a little girl being, you know, little shaman alley, little healer alley. But because of the childhood situations and the desire to preserve and protect my relationship with my dad, it was kind of like as a little girl, I felt like I had either or. I either could shut down and cork off and block off and suppress my gifts because I was aware of so much. If I was aware of everything going on, which caused a problem with that very vital relationship with my dad, then what else might cause problems? Would that like mean the demise of our family and all these things that were terrifying as a child? So I chose to like block off the gifts, yet that wise, wise ancient sage that's always lived in me knew it needed to keep at least a thread of this true medicine alive in me. So when I look back in hindsight, it makes sense that even as a little girl, the only things I studied and read on my own were metaphysics and feng shui and healing power of colors. And I would go get acupuncture at like age six and seven, and I was getting hypnotherapy at like eight and nine. And so I was on an unconscious level trying to do anything I could to keep the magic and, and medicine and wisdom alive to a degree, but not to a degree where I could see and feel too much because that would have been too painful. Absolutely. Well, I know through your business, Shamanic Media, you often help assist people and brands to step out of the spiritual closet. And it sounds like that is based on your experience. And yeah knowing this relationship with your dad and it sounds like there might have been a different relationship with your mom and grandma um, but what was that experience like for you when you started stepping in to this calling it was freaking wild I mean it was all of it right it was terrifying it was wildly humbling at times felt humiliating at times powerful and activating and engaging and so alive and at times so confusing. WTF is going on. You know, what is this? Who am I? I mean, it literally was like this orb of everything at once because when you start to realize your calling and then for me, you realize it's supposed to be done 
you know, large in part very publicly and you're trying to understand and navigate, you're getting to know your own spiritual gifts and your own medicine. And you're also going through these, these initiations, shamanic initiations and spiritual fires raging and burning through you burning away untruths and false limiting beliefs that have to go in order for you to step out in your power and step out in the medicine and deliver the medicine. And there's so many different things occurring on so many different layers and aspects to get you to step out as your true authentic self. And so I remember there was one particular passageway in this where I knew I needed to be thrust out, yet I was in that like flailing fish kind of phase that was scared and flopping around. And I was on the phone call with three of my colleagues and friends and, and having a breakdown, really. Again, another breakdown to break through and ego shattering. And, and they were just like, Allison, you have to go within. You have to start. You know what to do. You know what to do. And I was freaking out. And I was like, okay, I got off that phone call and I contacted my friend who ran a vegan expo in New York City. I'm not even vegan, but I knew I was supposed to go to this vegan expo and like have a table there and just step out. So I had my friend put my headshot on like a poster, like on an, on a stand and I brought shamanic tools and it was so humbling, but I knew that's part of the process, you know, being of service and breaking down your ego more and more to do what you know you're supposed to do. And so I stood there for days on end from morning until night by myself just like explaining to people that came by, like who I am, what I would do. I was doing like mini aura readings and chakra clearings. And so, yeah, I mean, in the beginning phases, it's like you have to step out and, and figure it out. And it can be really, really challenging. Yeah, I could only imagine. And I know I've had a similar experience on my journey. I guess in terms of the relationships with the people that you had when you first started out on this journey, whether it was your family and your friends, did you struggle with any of those relationships and did you lose any friendships along the way? Even though people may not have known me as a shaman or mystic before, I've always been quote unquote different or quote unquote weird or quote unquote unique or a leader in some way. or And so... I think because I had already had a unique life path with the athletics and the hip hop radio and the TV and everyone already knew me as this explorer and uh, teacher and guide. And so I think then when the spiritual aspect of it came alive, I don't think they were too shocked or the, if there were ones who were really shocked, surprised, confused, they didn't come to me and, uh, and say that, you know, there's definitely been a lot of questions along the way people, you know, like my mom, she's been my biggest supporter, but this is not her work and it's not her world. And so there's just been a lot of inquisitiveness, like wanting to understand who I am and, and, and this medicine and this energy. And when I do a past life regression, what does that mean? And when I guide people to meet their animal totems, what exactly is that? And But for the most part, I don't believe other than that awakening day, which obviously caused my ex-fiance and I to end that cycle completely in totality. And, and that karmic circle was finalized at the, on that day. I don't believe I lost any relationships or had any big arguments or strange situations from my shamanism birthing. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Cause I, you know, I've encountered people who have been on this transformational journey and, you know, they were surrounded by unhealthy relationships. So obviously that was dimming their light. And as they started stepping forward, it, there are these aha moments where you start realizing, oh, maybe like these are some people that no longer serve me. They were a great teacher on my path, even though sometimes at the beginning, it doesn't feel like that. You just want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> um, but then you're able to look back and say, oh, wow, that person was probably one of my greatest teachers along this journey. So no, I really appreciate you sharing your process and what that looked like. Cause like, that's actually really cool that you, other than that initial relationship that you didn't end up actually having to shed anyone. Yeah. I mean, I throughout my, you know, I've been on this path now for a, a number of years. And so for sure, just organically and naturally because of my devotion at all times to be surrendered to source God, to great mother Gaia and the, in the sacred power and wisdom and truth that lives inside of me. So I report and flow with and am guided by and move with those systems. And so as I do that naturally and organically on this evolutionary path and process, there have been for sure people that have come and gone and, and maybe relationships that were more primary that shifted or disintegrated, but it never occurred in a way that was like um, combative or traumatic, if that makes sense. Right. That's awesome. When you're diving into the wellness world, when you're really curious about health and wellness, and wellness is such a broad word now, but especially for you as a national champion athlete, and it's accessible and natural to jump into personal training. And I know you did some personal training probably back in the day. <laughs> Feels like a totally different person in life, but yes, I did. <laughs> totally. And now meditation courses are becoming more and more popular and those are super accessible to take. And even Reiki and energy healing are really making a mark this day and age. But I'm curious, how does one, especially in the Western culture, find themselves guided into shamanism? You know, so on the path of shamanism, it's unique unto each their own. It's like, it's a medicine walk, right? And so there are going to be truly no two paths that are very similar at all. And this is actually one of my favorite aspects of my personal walk is that when I surrendered, when I was at my grandma's house in Indiana after the awakening, I was shammered because they tracked me back to a ton of moments in my life, like a movie, and were taking me scene by scene, but showing me these occurrences in light and truth without the denial and illusion I had previously been in. And so as I'm seeing all of these things after my awakening day, I'm just like obviously blown away, which ignited the desire to say to God and great mother earth, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. And I'm requesting your services. I am asking for your help. I am surrendering. Show me the way. I could get so emotional over it because, oh, I could. I'm just so held. I'm so guided. I'm so supported in all ways by universe and by this powerful, beautiful planet that we live on. 
But the key is you must heed the guidance that comes in. There's so many freaking people that say they want to change and say, yeah, I surrender, that say they want to see the signs, and they don't freaking do anything about it. And you have to heed the call. That's where the co-creative dance with the universe begins, is by them seeing you honor the unseen energetic realms that are supporting you because they know it takes courage and vulnerability to step forward from a whisper, to step forward because you heard the same shamanic acupuncturist name twice in one day and you just let yourself acknowledge like, if I'm consciously aware, that means something. And as you feel into that shamanic acupuncturist name and you get that resonant yes, you freaking make an appointment to go to that shamanic acupuncturist. And that's truly how Every single day my life has been guided since that surrender moment and I am dedicated and committed to heeding the messages that are delivered to me. So right away after my awakening, I was guided to an MD turned shaman who lives in Minnesota. She's an incredible woman. Her name is Sarah Seidelman. And she was the first shaman that I worked with. And she did soul retrieval and did work with me. And and then I was just guided continuously because your soul, it needs different practices, different methods, different energetic transmissions at different times in your life. You know, as you clear out And as you rise and activate and ascend and do all of these things, obviously the practitioners that are needed to come and support, they shift and evolve too. And so I was instantly, the first healers I was sent to happened to be shamans. I wasn't consciously connecting the dots at this time. I was just going for healing to heal myself. And so it was, I think about a year on my personal healing quest And I also just stayed in my apartment. I was writing for publications and healing. And that was it. I was that dedicated. And it took about a year, I think, before enough of my chakras had been cleared and open and started communicating. Enough of my light body and light grid had been activated and turned on that then it was time for the medicine to come alive enough inside of me to communicate to me my truth as a shaman and a mystic. That's how it works for me. And that's how it can work for anyone if you are brave enough and courageous enough to listen. I'm going to ask you this question. You've already said it, but I think it's just so important for people who are on this journey What was the one thing you learned from this transformational experience to listening to your calling? What was the one thing that you needed to move forward? Two things pinged in. It was willingness and an open heart. It's willingness to receive in the support. It's the willingness to step out. And I think uh, one key that goes along with it that can make this process a lot easier is to do a lot of heart work because the more we allow our heart to open, to heal, to soften, to activate, the more that we're tapped into our heart intelligence, that is the lighted way. Stepping forward from your heart guidance is the path of light. And so that's a key as well. Along your journey, your healing journey, how has that process looked like for you, especially in romance? Because I don't know if you find this, but sometimes for me, it's easy to be so loving to everyone. And then when it comes to romance, and I'm going to be super vulnerable here, it's the hardest thing for me to really open my heart. So I am just dying to know. (laughs) 
your nuggets of wisdom because I mean, I think we can all share and learn from each other for this one. Yes. You know, this really, this piece has been paramount, like maybe the number one pillar aspect of my earth walk. Yeah. Are these relational aspects uh, in general, but especially with men, you know, starting with my dad and then my ex fiance. And so I've had to navigate and do so much. I've had so many that I want to honestly tell you in the last seven years, I want to say 95% of it, I've been celibate. Some of those celibate phases in the beginning, it took me a while to have the light bulb go off and realize it, but I was like abstaining from sex because I was afraid. The intimacy previously before my awakening just was very dishonoring, right? I mean, there was so much denial and codependency and there were some addiction issues involved. I think it felt at that point the safest thing for me was to just abstain and be celibate and stay away. And then as I continued every day to heal so many of these aspects and grow in my self-honor and self-respect and understand what a true queen and goddess I am, and there were other huge portions where I was celibate, but then I was celibate for a different reason, and it was coming from a different place, a different energetic uh, activation. Yeah, I've also learned with romanticism, and romantic partners, I truly, at this point, I am unable, like my energy body and my physical body will not allow me to physically engage with someone that is just a no. Now, whether they're a no because they're just not a vibrational match or because my womb, my yoni is really truly not wanting that exchange because it is the most potent, powerful exchange that humans can ever have is through sexual intercourse and intimacy. Uh, it's an energy exchange. You share medicine and energy from each chakra. It is the most sacred act on this planet. There was a situation uh, somewhat recently, I'd gone on some dates and I was wondering if I would feel like I was inspired to engage physically with this person. And the second that it started to go into that territory, it was like my energy body poofed out and went, Ooh. when it poofed, it said, no. And my physical body was like, no, it was even louder. And I had to stop it. And I just, at this point, I'm so clear in my divinity and, and steeped in the sacredness of all of it that Back in the old day, I would have been like not wanting this guy to think I'm a bitch or not wanting him to like think I'm weird or, and I would have put others' feelings before mine. Now it's like, I listen to my body. I listen to the energies. And I had to say to him, like, this is not going to happen. And it was a really big night. And I, ha I had to have a phone call with him a couple of days later, just saying, are you open to hearing the realizations I've had? He said, yes. And so... Uh, we're all being activated with the divine feminine, and we've all suffered from the freaking patriarchy. It's not a woman against man thing. It's not a man against a woman thing. And so for the first time, I came from that compassionate understanding of that information, and I had this conversation with this man from a whole different place. Before, the conversation would have come from anger, protectiveness, defensiveness, this time it was totally different. It was total compassion and understanding of like how confusing the divine feminine 
must be for this man too. In conclusion, I'm aware of who I am to be with, that my God man I will unite with to bring the sacred teachings and this wisdom to the planet. And through the uniting with my twin flame and having the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine unite together uh, to deliver that potency, uh, that's what I'm here to do. And so that clarity moved in fairly recently. I would, I want to say in the last four months and it's really powerful and I'm so excited that I'm clear in that. So it's been a wild process for me to get where I am today. That's really inspiring. And I really appreciate your wisdom, especially when it comes to intimacy, because I experienced myself a similar, I guess, road. I have those moments where I'm like, so interested intellectually with this person but my body is completely saying something else and also having people like me is one of my biggest struggles especially in romance then when you're rejecting someone and saying no it becomes this battle do i want to be liked or am i going to stand up for myself or just set my own boundary so i really appreciated that honesty and vulnerability which is what we're all about here <laughs> I just want to keep talking to you, but I know we have a juicy meditation that we're going to go through. But before we dive into that meditation, I'd love to hear what your three pieces of wisdom are that you could share with someone who's embarking on a self-discovery journey. Well, the first word that came in is openness, right? I remember after my awakening day, I was keeping my head up more. I was looking and seeing more. It feels like such a subtle shift, but it was a massive change. I, I just remembered I was letting myself see the birds or see or feel the communication of the breeze. Or when I went to the cafe to get tea, I let myself, because the oneness, when you awaken the truth of the planet, which is that we are all one, also awakens inside of you too. Uh, and I love this quote, once you know yourself, you know the world. And so that medicine was activating when I would land with the cashier, you know, rather than just like, you know, staying kind of blinded or head down. It was like, I'm letting myself really land with these fellow humans and connect with my eyes. And it just begins to conjure this entirely different experience with the elements, with your fellow brothers and sisters, within yourself, because we live on a very loving, supportive planet. All of these elements of nature. They really are here to heal, inspire, empower, and guide and support us. Just be open, walk outside and, and set the intention to talk to, say to wind medicine, say to the air and, and say, when I go out today, I'm open to receiving messages from you and let yourself, as you walk outside, really feel the air, really feel the breeze and let yourself heal any, hear any whispers. So number one is openness. Number two, really start to look at the relationships that you have and see how you can enrich them, heal them, uh, transcend them to a higher level of functioning. That feels really important and wanted to come in. And then the third piece 
to those embarking, you know, just have fun. You know, I, one thing that I started to notice that was happening from to me, I'm a very, very, very deep person. I always have been. I'm also a Capricorn, so I'm very driven and ambitious and all of these, and I'm also a one in numerology, so I'm a leader and I, you know, all these things started to add up to me being way too serious. I was constantly like doing shadow work and that is a key do your shadow work if you don't know what it is like research appropriately or email me and do it with me but i just started to get way too serious with the work so just remember that we're here to learn we're here to grow and evolve and this process yes it will trigger it will evoke it will bring big energy systems with it but it's an adventure and it's meant to be explored and have fun so go into your local metaphysical gift shop and explore around like the egyptian area or the shamanism area or the tarot card area the pendulums just see what speaks to you and just have an adventure with it that feels curious and fun. Those are amazing pieces of wisdom. Can we get started on this meditation? I'm dying to do it. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. So this meditation, it's all around our heart and our heart center and our heart intelligence. So it's brief, but very powerful. So Go ahead, everyone, and get in a really comfortable seated position. For me, I'm sitting upright, very tall, spine nice and erect like the queen that I am, and I have the bottoms of my feet touching the floor. So if you have your feet on the ground, go ahead and feel the chakras that are on the bottoms of your feet open up like portals and kind of suction cup into the ground, just really anchor the bottoms of your feet into earth, into the floor, sitting nice and tall. Or you can also sit in lotus pose, so just get comfy and situated in that pose. And just start to let go. Give yourself permission to relax and be free. And let your shoulders Drop away from your ears. And begin to connect with your breath, just gently, just connect. And ever so slightly, I want you to tug your shoulders back, even if it's just a half of an inch enough to where you feel your chest expand and your heart center open. Just start to feel how beautiful life is, how blessed we are to be here, how magical and mystical everything truly is. Even the pains, even the challenges are so miraculous, so rich. And start to draw your inhale into your lower belly and on your exhale, you're just letting go even more.
and becoming aware of your auric field, the energy surrounding your body. What does that energetic sphere feel like right now? Does it feel light and bright or a bit dense? See if you can connect with what color it currently is. What information does your aura have for you right now? And now beginning to direct your inhale into your heart center. Your glowing green heart chakra is just right smack dab in the center of your chest. So you're directing each inhale into that heart chakra and just letting the breath swirl gently around, just cleansing and clearing and softening your heart. You begin to see the green color getting brighter, more inspired and alive. It's a really rich and glowing emerald green, very healthy. With these next few inhales, you allow your heart center to expand. Let it grow. And you can repeat internally or out loud. Thank you, heart. I am with you on this journey forth. Thank you for your beauty your wisdom, your guidance. Thank you for your rich, true power. I am willing to connect with you even more. I allow you to inspire me and move me forward on the lighted path. And lastly, just go into your heart for a moment and see if there's anything in there. Is there an animal totem, a mystical being, a word, an energy? What's in your heart right now? Remember this feeling, remember this tingling, this warmth, this expansion, this brightness you feel in your heart right now. This is where you wanna be. This is who you are. And this is why we are here.
Amen, aho, and so it is. You can stay in your heart as long as you'd like. And when you feel ready to return to earth plane, gently open your eyes and look through your eyes as if you're seeing the room, the space you're in for the very first time. Fresh outlook, fresh energy. Beauty all around. Oh, I just love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for guiding us through that beautiful practice. You're welcome. I just, the more I have let my heart open and hear its messages, it's truly the greatest power we have. I just feel called to share that power with as many people as possible. Thank you so much, Allison, for spreading your light with us today. It's always such a delight and pleasure to connect with you all the time. And I just really, really admire your authenticity. And I know by just being exactly who you are, you're inspiring so many people to do the same for themselves. And if people would like to connect with you, where can they find you? You can go to my website, alisoncharles.com, and Allison is A-L-Y-S-O-N, charles.com, or rockstarshaman.com will get you there. And then my Instagram handle is at I am Allison Charles. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Remember, to stay inspired in between our episodes, you can head on over to Instagram and follow us at Your Soul Compass and at Wonderful Soul. For free meditations and mindfulness guides, you can head over to WonderfulSoul.com. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And please, 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 if this content delighted you, leave us a note telling us on iTunes. I read every one of these personally and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you, you beautiful soul, for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You are amazing and beautiful, just as you are. Thank you for being part of our journey, and thank you for letting us become part of yours.